You are getting 100% Jody on women taking the lead. If nothing else, I want you to take away from this episode the clarity that avoiding conflict creates chaos. The more small confrontations you have, the more peace and harmony you will experience overall. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Have you grabbed your copy of my best-selling book, Accomplished, How to Go from Dreaming to Doing? Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash accomplished to access the secrets to achievement and success. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me today. I have been enjoying connecting with those of you who have reached out to say hi, ask questions, say thank you, and share who you are with me. If you've reached out, you know I'm asking you for feedback on what's working and what you would like to see more of. I've gotten some recent feedback this week from Sonia Singh, who is the Vice President of Product and Innovation Risk at Visa, who was looking for more topics that would benefit both the entrepreneur and the professional working woman. She offered up conflict resolution and personal branding as suggestions, and I love these ideas. I developed a workshop on conflict resolution last year, and so I can dive right into that topic. Thank you so much, Sonia. I'm making a case for why you want to have more conflict in your life. Yes, you heard that right. <laughs> Recently, Erin Robbins from Ginzometrics was on Women Taking the Lead in episode 210, and she shared how what worked for her was her ability to be direct and address things as they arose. She explained that though hardly anyone loves to give critical feedback to another person, it's actually necessary to keep the peace and maintain strong relationships. Most people hate conflict because their experience with conflict is the type where the tension built for so long that the conflict, when it actually happened, was a heated emotional exchange rather than a calm conversation. Who wants to sign up for that type of conflict? I also know women who value harmony so much that they don't want to rock the boat or come across as unsupportive. The problem is that in their desire to maintain harmony, they usually create chaos. I had a personal experience with this when I was in my corporate job. It was during our first acquisition. And you have to know that when you're combining two distinct cultures, there is going to be conflict. That is normal. Everyone is used to their way of doing things, but adjustments have to be made. And there's a lot of conversation that needs to take place in order to facilitate the process. The problem was two different teams began having conflicts and it wasn't getting resolved. The senior leader who could have mediated the situation and let all parties be heard and make a decision did not like conflict and chose to pretend it wasn't happening. The miscommunication and chaos that ensued rippled across several departments of the company and at every level of those departments. If nothing else, I want you to take away from this episode the clarity that avoiding conflict creates chaos. The more small confrontations you have, the more peace and harmony you will experience overall. So you've already gotten a sense that conflict is pretty inevitable, but resolution is a choice. Let's go into what we were talking about when we say conflict. 
there are all different types of conflict. There is internal conflict, and that can look like being a perfectionist, feeling resentment, guilt, comparing yourself to other people, feeling shame, self-doubt, or second-guessing yourself and withholding forgiveness. There is external conflict with an individual or a group, and it arises when the expectations of two or more individuals do not align. Your vision of what should be happening differs from that of another. Then there is external conflict with the circumstances of a situation. It could be the weather is not cooperating, the power went out, or your computer crashed. In this situation, there's really no one to blame, though you may look for someone that you can blame just to (laughs) get the frustration out. Things aren't going your way, and though you have some power in the situation, it's usually limited. So let's make conflict a little less scary. Start off by being resolved to take nothing personally. This comes from The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. If you can come to realize that what people do and don't do has nothing to do with you and everything to do with them, you will also realize that there's not much to get upset about. You can address behavior and expectations without feeling victimized. Change your perspective on conflict. When your motives and intentions are tied to a larger mission, It's easier to engage in conflict because it's not personal. See the person you are in conflict with as your partner rather than your adversary. If it's you and the other person partnering together to resolve the conflict for the sake of a larger mission, it feels different. It takes the sting out of the conversation. Communicate early and often before conflicts arise. You have to know what others are expecting of you, and they need to know what you are expecting of them. By calibrating expectations, you will be one step ahead of conflict. And these calibrations may be the larger vision, what the strategic mission is, the values of the organization or the relationship, the goals, the deadlines, and the specific expectations of you and the other. Sometimes we fail to communicate an expectation because it is so ingrained in us, we don't give it much thought. However, once it is identified, we must immediately communicate it or it will fester over time. The best way to go about this is to take full responsibility for the lack of communication. Even though it was unintended, you have to make it clear you are not critiquing the other party for not being able to read your mind. And sometimes in these types of situations, we can get defensive and declare, well, it's common sense. They should have known. But if that were true, the other party would not have failed to recognize and meet your expectations. The problem with, quote, common sense is it is something that we had to learn at some point. There was a point when this common sense was not so common to us. And the same will be true for others. Don't make the mistake of assuming your knowledge and experience is shared by all. Take responsibility for not communicating your expectation and realign the expectations going forward. Praise in public, critique in private. Getting critical feedback is a tricky thing. If we are not prepared for it, our defenses will go up. If we get critical feedback in front of others, it will amplify our reaction. Our reputations, our standing among our peers, and the perception we have of ourselves is critical to our well-being and happiness. That's what's at stake here. Knowing that, 
critical feedback must be given respectfully and with good intentions so it does not damage the other person nor cause them to have to reject it for their own well-being. Does that mean you don't give the critical feedback? No. (laughs) Review everything I've said up until this point. The critical feedback is important, but it's done in a way where the person may not initially be thrilled to hear that they may have done something wrong or not met your expectations, but they can take it in and do something with it. Forgive. If you are responsible for any little part in your expectations not being met, start by forgiving yourself. When we have grace for ourselves, we have grace for others. Self-forgiveness will soften the edges and make it easier for you to communicate without getting too emotional. Forgive others and still address the behavior without hurt or resentment. Sometimes we think forgiveness means moving on before a word is said. Forgiveness is letting go of resentment you feel towards the other person. Once you let go of the resentment, you may realize there was nothing to forgive in the first place. You just took something the wrong way. And if that's the case, forgive yourself. And if the other person is important in your life, you may want to let them in on what transpired so they know what's going on with you and can give you their support if you need it. But if after forgiveness is granted, there is still a miscommunication or misunderstanding that needs to be addressed, address it. Otherwise, you're going to live through this all over again, and then there will be history building, which will only add to the emotions layered over the facts. You want to think of conflict as something as simple and necessary as taking out the garbage. You clear it away to keep the environment clean and healthy. However, if you decide you don't want to take out the garbage because it's inconvenient, you will soon find your environment to be a very unpleasant place to be. Have the conversation, take out the garbage, clear the air. Dance with the circumstances. When it comes to conflict with circumstances, you have to recognize what is and what is not within your control. With the example of the computer crashing, you can't go back in time and undo the crash. Express your emotions over it and move on to resolving the issue. Call the technician, get on a backup computer, and communicate with anyone who may be impacted by what happened. That is absolutely in your control. Being upset for an extended period or being at a standstill are symptoms of trying to control something that is out of your control. The cure to that is acceptance. When you can accept the circumstances, the solutions, and the action steps start to reveal themselves. Practice empathy. Empathy is the ability to understand and share the emotions of another. In order to have empathy, you must see things from the other person's perspective. Having empathy doesn't mean you agree with the other person's choices or behavior, but you can understand what may have motivated them. Empathy helps to create the partnership we are looking for to resolve conflict. And value the relationship more than being right or justified. When there is conflict, there is a tendency to want our position to be validated, to have it acknowledged that we were in the right so that we can go on with the perception that we have it all together, that we don't make mistakes. We fear that if we can't prove that we are right, other people will lose respect for us. The reality is, if you go above and beyond to prove you are right, people are going to lose respect for you anyway. 
How do we feel about people who are know-it-alls or who always have to be right? We don't want to be around them because it's exhausting. Yes, you need to speak your truth. Yes, you need to set expectations and boundaries. Yes, you need to address conflict. You also need to recognize that there are no victims in a conflict and the goal is not to win. The goal of conflict is to clear the air, acknowledge when expectations have not been met, and to create a plan for moving forward. It's about building stronger relationships so we can achieve the larger mission. And there are some books I want to share with you that help me to embrace a healthy view of conflict. And those are Fierce Conversations by Susan Scott, Mastery by Robert Greene, The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, and Resolved, 13 Resolutions for Life by Oren Woodward. Are there any conflicts you've been avoiding? I'm going to encourage you to open up the conversation and see if you can't get it resolved. You will feel so much better on the other side of the conversation. If you're anything like me, you'll realize it wasn't that bad and wonder why you put it off for so long. Let me know how you've been managing conflict in your life. Comment where you found this or go to the post at womentakingthelead.com forward slash conflict. And you'll also find links to the books I shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com forward slash conflict. I hope this was helpful to you and here's to your success. Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.